When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Old League Speaks podcast on Black and White and Red All Over. I'm your host, Danny, coming to you for episode number 72. And it's a, a busy episode today. So before we get going here, since we now have the plugs at the beginning of the show, I will say please like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, feel free to rate us and give us a review. We're still waiting for that aforementioned first review in a long, long time. So all that being said, let me bring in the crew here of Trucks. Hello, Trucks. Good evening. Good evening. Yep, we're, we're back at it again, starting for the international break. But uh, hey, we're not taking a break. That's right. And you've got your, you've got, I think is, if the zoom window is correct an orange shirt on so you're already re- ready for your one of your home nation's uh, first inter- international game coming up here in a few days well um <laughs> my uh, laptop uh, camera quality is uh, almost as old as me um it's actually a red shirt you're it's, supposed uh, to go along with the joke <laughs> i was going to but i know for the record it does look orange on my end so we'll go with that yeah, yeah. I took it as an opportunity to make a joke about my uh, age-old laptop, which is still working since 2015. 2015, I think it was late 2015. So yeah, six years in running. So that's right. Yeah. We've got Sergio Romero. Hello, Sergio. Hey, fellas. Happy to be here, as always. Love, love the attitude. Love the jokes. Love the vibes. Let's keep it going. My man. And you might be wondering, well, he said full crew. Well, yes, I did say full crew. And that's because our dad, not our actual dad in Gigi Buffon or Alessandro Del Piero is around, but the dad of the crew, Sam Lopresi, is back. Hello, Sam. Hello, boys. I'm back. <laughs> now, Chucks, I said I had a question for you to kick off this podcast, and I will ask it to you now. Between the three of us, the, the new father... The guy who just drove around the state of Oregon for work this weekend, or the guy who is feeling it after going to the F1 race in Mexico, who's the most tired out of the three of us? Well, it's definitely not me. <laughs> You're so not an option, Chuck. I'm just some ordinary guy. I was just, I don't know, living a pretty ordinary life. No, you guys are better men than myself. I mean, wow, I definitely... Uh, 
probably probably the the new dad uh, based on uh, well my fiance I've heard the great responsibility it is to be a parent and just the the effort you know that it requires so yeah I have heard secondhand on the uh, the work it requires to be a parent so well done and uh, yeah well done to you Sam well done to everyone and like I said I'm just some ordinary guy taking the easy way out. Yeah, 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 you know, I'm just hey, I'm just you know, here in my office with the plants next to me, right? Because it's it's winter, you know, so we have to take all the plants in. So you know, we're just right. all here. So. Well, b- before we get going here, Samuel, since you you have posted pictures of new baby Julian in Philly's gear, have you had any pictures of new baby Julian in black and white gear? Honestly, I no one has given us any UV gear which I'm kind of sad about. And I, I need... So if you want to send pla- Sam Lepresti some U- baby Juventus gear, it's Sam and <laughs> Becky Lepresti in New Jersey. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, yeah. One of the guys in the club did did mention it, but hasn't followed through yet. So I got to get on him about that. That's right. Um, but I, I do hope to po- I do hope to have some, some pictures of him in Juve gear at some point. There is actually... Um, on... Uh, on Saturday, when I was watching the game, there my wife had uh, had has a wonderful picture. I, I can show it to you guys later. Of uh, Julian was sitting in his bouncer because Becky needed to do something, and the bouncer was situated right next to the chair that I was sitting in. So there's a wonderful picture of me with two computers in front of me, one with the game and one with my notes, and Julian is sitting right there, and and he's oriented toward the screen, so it really does look like. Like we're both watching the game together, and it's really it's 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 a it's a nice shot. It's a it's a fun picture. I really here's like a it. natural transition. How much bouncing did he do when Juan Cuadrado scored the goal? Uh, by that point, I was in a different room because the internet connection sucked, uh, <laughs> and I also think he might, might have been asleep. But because uh, he is still, you know, he's, he's seven weeks old now, so he doesn't you know just eat and then fall asleep for two hours anymore. But he still sleeps quite a bit. Unfortunately, never in his crib for the last week and a half it's just been on top of me or becky that's right baby's gonna baby. but you know baby's yeah exactly baby's gonna baby but yeah it's it, it is uh it's going and and i can't wait to start you know showing him the showing him the ropes of being a juventino yeah and these days that can be a uh, interesting road to go down so we will start there obviously this week since we last came to you guys has been a uh, good win against Zenit to clinch a spot in the Champions League knockout rounds. And then, a as we were joking before the uh, record button was hit, three points is three points, and we'll just leave it at that against Fiorentina, although we'll say a little bit more against Fiorentina. So since he's been the quiet one of the group so far, Sergio, your thoughts on the week that was? It was, it was a really fun weekend, not necessarily because of anything that Juventus might have done, but it was a really fun weekend. It was a good time was had by all. I will say, though, it's, it's I'm going to sound like Chucks here, but it is a young man's game to, to you know, go out and, and have fun three days in a row. That, that's too much. That is way too much. I think I would have been okay with just a couple of days. I think that the extra one, that, that was tough. That was tough. But it was, it was a really great experience. Really, really fun. Chucks, your thoughts on Juventus' weekend? Yeah, I don't have much uh, Formula One expertise, so uh, you got you got me on the right question, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's been interesting. Clearly, just the contrast, and I'm sure we'll talk about that later too. Just the the stark contrast between Juve in a Champions League, in this case, it was against uh, Zenit, of course, uh, the four two uh, win, and then you know the stark contrast from that to the Fiorentina game uh, in the league just a few days ago where it was really, uh, I mean, yeah, I was kind of pulling your teeth out over that until the 91st minute, I think it was, um, of Cuadrado's goal. Yeah, it's strange. It's it's real, just real weird how, you know, how contrasting we are. I mean, just, yeah, in league versus Champions League. Uh, I mean, again, against Fiorentino, it was just, it was extremely just minimal, yeah, minimal effort required to, to maintain up to that point, a nil-nil, and then by a tiny, tiny deflection it was, for the goal to get the one nil uh, after all it's strange i mean i don't know you know i i do remember i think it was uh i think it was when we beat barcelona three nil last season with Birlo. but probably around that time that i said something like you know that juve is basically or that i speculated at that point which I, you know i might back it up again this time uh, i kind of speculated that juve is like essentially just a champions league team in a sense that you know 
the Champions League is it's the big event, you know, it's the big like it's there's something different when you're playing in Champions League, just the the mentality, just the 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 occasion. I mean, it really lifts like players' kind of mentality and their spirits. But then versus the league, you're like, okay, you know, we're going to play Genoa. Okay, let's just kind of get this over with. And I really did feel at that time, and I'm kind of feeling that again, that Juve is really just a Champions League team where it just goes for the big game, for the big occasion. And then, you know, that's just like, just get that like fifth gear. And then, yeah, to the league, you just kind of regress back to normal. It's almost like we come off that high and we just kind of mellow out in the league, which I don't really understand why. I thought with Pirlo, I maybe... I don't know, blamed it on the coach, sort of, in, in just in terms of not being able to get that mentality right with the, with the players. But I mean, now we have Allegri, and I mean, he's experienced. He's taken us to two Champions League finals. He's he's been around the block, you know. He knows he knows what he's doing. But still, it's just this day and night difference between uh, yeah, between Juve in the Champions League and Juve in the, in the league. And I mean, we're doing like I said, the bare minimum in the league right now. And uh, yeah, four out of four wins in Champions League. So, I mean, I've, I mean, I'm out of theories on why or how or what's the cause, but it's yeah, it's very, very strange. I think everybody's out of theories at this point, Chucks. Yeah, yeah. And I, I try to be a guy that kind of like you know, <laughs> I try to admit when I'm wrong. I'm like, okay, I said this one thing, and I'm like, okay, maybe it wasn't the case, and like. You know, I'll, I'll, and I'm, I'm sure we'll come back on that later. But you know, the whole four four two thing with um, Rabio. You know, I'd say like, oh yeah, that works well. And then, well, yeah, <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. So I'll go back on that. You know, like I try to admit, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's hard to kind of come up with alternate theories, really. Yeah, it's something that we've been trying to figure out for the last three or four seasons, really. The 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 fact that Juventus just Juventus plays down to its competition so much and and seems to be doing so to have been doing so even towards the end of of Allegri's first tenure you know I I remember that one game uh it was like a nil nil against Spal towards the end of Allegri's last season the first time around where it just looked like they like you said Chucks it just looked like it was they were like going out there being like it's Spal it doesn't really matter and then you know they go they go in and 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 fly against against certain teams you know like the you know the the game against Milan at San Siro last year comes to mind when Chiesa scored the the two goals and and it's it is it's surprising and I you know so it might have something to do with the fact that Andrea Agnelli is just so upset has been so clearly obsessed with the Champions League and being one of the big European dogs that they kind of have lost sight of of the need to go after these you know the the the, the more provincial sides and it in the long run i think that this week is is a perfect microcosm of the way that the last couple of months have been just in terms of uh i, I I'll, I'll take a little bit of a an experience from something that's been going on here at home over the last couple of over the last couple of weeks um Becky and I have, like I mentioned, have been having slight problems getting our, our son down in his crib. And even before he stopped doing it entirely, we'd put him down sometimes when we thought he was asleep and he'd bolt back awake. And the phrase, a phrase has developed between my wife and I, which is the sleep is a lie. And I think in a lot right now, the way that this team just jumps up and down, I think the form is kind of a lie. You know, I, I don't really, I don't, you know, I don't know if you can say, you know, whether the team is in good form or bad form because they just, you know, they're, you know, you have that nine game losing that, that nine game rather unbeaten streak, which, you know, which was great, got some important wins in that, but they always seem to kind of come by the skin of their, of, of the team's teeth. And then they come and, and that kind of comes back to bite them against Sassuolo and against Hellas. Zenit, they come out like angry Juve for the first time in a long time. And then it looked like they had just spent all of their emotional and physical capital on that game and, and slumped backwards again. So it's, it's hard to, it's hard to tell where they're going right now because I just don't, I don't, you know, they zig when you think they're going to zag and that unpredictability is you, you have to hope it doesn't cost us in the long run because there are a lot of teams that, are looking at that fourth spot 
and it's going to be a fight to the finish to get back into the Champions League next year. And you can't keep on doing this. You can't keep on crashing and 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 rising the way that the team's been doing and really expect to be able to, to get where the team needs to be by the end of the season. I think we said it in the in the pod after the the Hellas loss. This is just an inconsistent team. I think this is just who they are. It's three coaches, widely different styles of play, and and you can still, if you catch them on a great day, I think Juventus is just as good as anyone. We saw that against Zenit. I think if you catch them in the right day, if you know if the players feel really well that day in the morning, they they can beat anybody, and they can they. I can definitely see them making a deep Champions League run and, and you know, competing for the Serie A title again. But they, they, you just don't know when that team is going to going to come going to come alive. I mean, you just don't know. And like you said, there's absolutely no way to know because I, I don't think anyone was expecting what we saw against Senate, which for my money was probably the best game they've had all season. Just three or four days after just probably playing the worst game of their season so it's 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 tough and I think a lot of it has to do with the team I think a lot of it has to do with players I think this is just who they're going to be the the rest of the year and if they manage to catch a hot streak and suddenly play really well then good things will happen but I think we're just going to have to you know come to terms with the fact that that's just who they're going to be we're going to have to to sit through a lot of stinkers for every for every good game they put forth. You know, I think also this this type of team, just the kind of erratic, the erratic types of teams like, like Juve, <laughs> Juve is right now, I think they're great for cup competitions, like really, really great. I mean, this type of team would be great for like an FA Cup or something, or, or well, Copa Italia, of course, but um, we're, you, you know. Just, you just want to mention the FA Cup so you can use your <laughs> British accent again. That's what you want, Jackson. <laughs> And then, only if I'm from Wolves or Hampton Wolves. There you go. There you go. <laughs> great, great, really, great. But no, no, I uh, uh, obviously shouldn't do that. I don't want to. Don't want to take the mick out of anyone from uh, that uh, that take, region of the world. Take the mick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I did actually. That was actually unconscious. Honestly, honestly unconscious. <laughs> um, I've been using that phrase a lot lately. Actually, um, a friend of mine, like, yeah, a friend of mine asked me because well, obviously it's not an American phrase. And a friend of mine asked me like, yeah, what does that even mean? I'm like, what do you mean take it and make? What do you mean? What does that mean? Um, but yeah, fun, uh, fun experiences. Um, anyway, where was I? Um, yeah, so <laughs> um, it's it's great. Like a team like that is great for just comp- cup competition because it's just one off a game. Well, okay, past the group stage, of course, but it's those kind of one off, you know, two legged uh, affairs where it's not over a very long period of time. It's just that kind of, you know, one match day, you know, day one. And then, okay, if it went well or went badly, you have two weeks to kind of digest it or two, three weeks to kind of digest it, get over it. Then, okay, three weeks later, we got it again. And it's like, you have that time to like get mentally really, you know, up high and then kind of take some two, three weeks off and then, and then get back up to there again, you know, whereas with the league, of course, it's week in, week out every, I mean, even every few days, you got to be on it, on it, on it. And I think that's just, um, it lends itself more to these kinds of streaky teams that we are, but it's weird because, you know, we're, I mean, historically, we've been just a mentally strong team. Um, I mean, okay, the last two years, things, two and a half years, things have been very, uh, uh, in flux, of course, I mean, just with all the managerial changes and all that. But, you know, during the five years of Allegri, I mean, we were just like mentally solid. I mean, um, yeah, of course, we had bad runs of form, but in general, it was just a good run of form. And then, okay, a few games off, but then just generally a good run of form again. And now it's all over the place. I mean, now I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you what we'll do against Lazio uh, or any kind of accurate prediction and games after that, uh, after the international break, of course. Yeah, and then of course this is also a year slash two years where there's just been so many, you know, uh, within football and outside of football, so much change. Just more condensed schedule. Uh, let's not forget that next year is the World Cup, so then all the the season schedule will be, you know, adjusted as well, given that it's going to be in the winter. So there's lots and lots of changes, you know, within football and outside of it happening. So uh, yeah, beats me, beats me. I'm just some guy on the internet, as Sergio would say. I will say that that I think that the team's form would probably be helped if the team was actually being put into a into a tactical setup that really 
lent itself to everybody's success. And you touched on this a little bit earlier, Chucks. I, do, I don't think it is right now. That 442 is just so weird. And especially especially the 442 with Rabio. If you have that 442 with like Bernardeschi with you know Bernardeschi the way that it was at uh, against Zenit, like that that looked dynamic. That looked like it had something going for it. But this is a team with a bunch of wide players on it. You know, you've got Chiesa, Bernardeschi, Kulusevsky, Quadrado, and you're putting Adrian Rabio out there on the left hand wing on on that formation. I and he just keeps on flailing and he keeps on doing it. And I don't know what, I don't know what the idea is there, you know, unless Max is kind of like thinking that it's one of those like incredible morphing formations that he sometimes likes where, you know, you know, the way it changes one way or or the other, depending on, on where the ball is, who has the ball. But I, I'm not really getting that from the way that we're playing with it. And, and Rabio is just not good there. And using Chiesa up front, that was an emergency measure while Morata and, and Divala were both hurt. Now they're back and you've got Kaya George who can go in there in the, at least in the league. And now Chiesa is back on the wings and he's playing better. But I, I think there has to, there has to be a, a switch. There has to be some sort of a tactical change soon because as, as long as you're playing this kind of, this 4-4-2, this particular way, it it's not it, it's not making the team the sum of it any more than the sum of its parts. It's really less right now the way that the team is go, the way that they're going. I know they mentioned it in the comments a little bit after the Fiorentina game, and I think that's because I can't remember if Sam you mentioned it in the the post game thread. So forgive me if I'm mistaken. It's been uh, I, it's been a weekend, but it has. <laughs> I, I, I did. I think. Yeah, but you know, people were talking about the four two three one and just how much this team is screaming out for four two three one and. We talked about it even before Sam Lepresti became a dad, just how much this team needs the 4-2-3-1, especially with the wide players, with Dybala, who, who could then play behind Morata or Moise Keane or whoever. So it's just, you know, we mentioned it last week as well. Is Allegri going to come to that, arrive at that come-to-Jesus moment tactically, or are we going to basically be forced to see the 4-4-2 with Rabio sometimes out there and then Bernardeschi sometimes out there. And I don't know. It's just, you know, when I, I, I saw the starting lineups before I left for my work assignment on Saturday and I was just like, Jesus, Rabio again. And especially after what Allegri had said about Rabio the day before at his press conference, it's just, it it's, you know, at this point it feels like he's trying to stick, you know, the, the round peg into the square hole or whatever the saying goes. Like I said, I'm tired. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. I think, I think it, it all goes back to this is a weird team. This is a weirdly constructed team. And you have a lot of guys that kind of only fit or serve one purpose and they just don't complement each other very well. It, it's just it's just a weird team. It's just a very, very weirdly built team. Like you said, we have a bunch of white players and you're playing Adrian Rabi on the wing, but where else would you put him? And can, can he really play with the other guys? Can he really play with Bentancur? We have a solid season of evidence that he can't. Uh, so it, it's just weird. They have a lot of players that I don't think are particularly talentless, but they, they just don't fit together. And they, they, yeah, I think like Sam said right now, I, I don't think the team is, you know, better than the sum of its parts. And I think that's going to, 
that's unfortunately going to keep happening. I, I, I do think, I, I think that this is just who they are as a team and who, who they're going to be for the remainder of the, of the season until some really actual wholesale changes happen, which because of the finances, because of the money, because of whatever, I don't think we will see that very shortly. So it's, it's weird. They're, they're a weird, weird team that I don't always like watching, which is a problem considering what we do here. But it's, it's, it's just something that I think it's going to keep happening. Yeah, and it's, it's a weird paradox with uh, Allegri and um, Rabio because from what, from what I recall, I don't think Allegri ever really speaks positively about Rabio in uh, publicly in, in in press conferences. Like, I mean, he won't take like you know, he won't completely blast uh, Rabio. He won't you know completely insult him or anything. But he'll be like, "Yeah, Rabio, you can do better." Like, yeah, I, expect I don't, I don't know. Rabiot. Friday, Friday was kind of putting him on blast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The recent, yeah, yeah, true. Actually, yeah, that that was maybe I was a little too. Kind of in kind of on Allegri there, but yeah, yeah, I guess that's I guess that's one exception, but uh, but I mean, in, in general, basically, he just doesn't you know say like, yeah, Rabio is awesome, like you know, he was amazing because you know, he'll speak neg- negatively about him, but he'll move heaven and earth in order to make sure that Rabio stays on that left wing, uh, stays on that left wing of the 442. So, this it is just a yeah, strange contradiction there. It's like you know, the person that you don't I mean, seem to appreciate publicly anyway, is the one that you'll continually play out of position um, almost no matter what, really. So, yeah, that is a, that is a strange one. But uh, like I said um, earlier in, a, in, the, in the episode, um, you know, I <laughs> I had first said, I think a few weeks ago, that like, oh, yeah, this 442, you know, is working with Rabi on the left. Like, yeah, it really, you know, seems to provide some tactical balance. And, uh, well, you know, I uh, retract that statement. So, uh Hereby uh, strike it from the record, as they say in, Duly in law and order. <laughs> struck from the record. I, I love that phrase. Struck from the record. It sounds so powerful and just like like it's something to be erased from history. <laughs> yeah, so that that you know clearly hasn't worked. Although, however, I will say that maybe the one time that it could work, or just in general, the times when it might be somewhat effective, like just this four four two Ravio, is against like bigger teams against very, very attacking teams. Like I could see like against a Bayern or something where you just need that extra like defensive solidity on the wing slash in the middle uh, of the pitch because, the, you know, against teams that have like just wingers that just fly forward and just, you know, very, very attacking uh, team. I can see how that would provide some uh, extra defensive solidity. Plus I could see how Allegri, given how he's, very risk averse would go for something like that against a big team. Um, I could definitely see him doing that. But yeah, again, I mean, knowing Allegri, he's, I mean, he's a stubborn guy. I, I don't see him changing this whole Rabio setup. I mean, it's just I, <laughs> something, basically he has to get injured for him to, for him to change it. Um, otherwise I, yeah, I, I just knowing Allegri, he's probably not going to do anything. Shucks, it's like we have ESPN or something because you were leading right into what I was going to say. You know, when, when it comes to, you know, why is, why might Allegri be kind of pausing on this, on, on implementing a, a 4 2 3 one, even though it, the personnel at least really looks like it's, it's screaming for that. You know, you remember the, you know, he, he went to that system, it went like gangbusters. The season after that, he started with it and we got all those wingers like Bernadeschi and Douglas Costa to, to make it work. And then the team started leaking more goals than normal and Allegri kind of, panicked and ditched it around October, November and, and into a 4-3-3 that he finished the rest of the season with. And I feel like he, you know, he might be thinking, especially without a guy that exactly replicates the defensive work rate of Amario Mandzukic in that 4-2-3-1 that he played in the Cardiff season, whether he's gun shy as to, to doing it because he doesn't think the defensive value will be there. That, that's the only explanation that I can think of as for why he's not doing it, because it just logically looking at this roster, it's what looks probably the best right now. So you, we just have to wait and see what he does. I think we go back to, to the same issue because, yeah, you know, just thinking about the white players, that, that system does seem like it would be a very good system to have. But also, are you who is the double pivot there? You, you have Manuel Locatelli and... Who else? That, that's that's always the question, right? Is are you really like 
is Bentancur going to be able to hold a double pivot? We have ample I think evidence. McKenny's been holding. McKenny's been holding it now. McKenny and McKenny's probably your best Locatelli shot these last two weeks. Is McKenny Locatelli weeks, like double pivot in the four four two? Is is been pretty good. It's been a pretty. They play off each other pretty well with McKenny kind of pushing forward and Locatelli orchestrating. Yeah, yeah, that that is probably the best one. But even then, I I'm not super confident that that you know proving to be a trend. I think they have to try it because why not? But but I do agree that you know that 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 second pivot in in the midfield is still going to be a a problem. I think that you don't really have a guy that you can definitely feel 100% confident in. You have Locatelli and blank. And then I guess you just play whoever's in the best form. But I think that that, that still remains the, the problem because in that Cardiff season, you had, you know, a peak Miralem Pjanic and still a pretty good Sami Kedira. That, 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 that worked. But right now, I just don't know if, like I said, like almost every formation has a hole that you're like, oh, if we play it th- this way, then we don't have that player. It, it's just, it's weird. It's a weirdly built team. And that is going to continue to be, I guess, the, the, the recurrent theme in, in the season. What really intrigues me is based off, I've watched a couple of Genoa games this year because I'm really intrigued by Nicolo Rovella. And he has played really, really well for Genoa this year, despite Genoa being flaming garbage overall. He's played very well, and it would be very interesting to see if he came back from loan next year and and we plugged him in and saw what happened there because he's been looking very, very good. Well, that that's also one of the interesting rumors that is sometimes thrown out there is what happens with Rovella both this January and then obviously next summer because if, say, Newcastle come calling for Aaron Ramsey, which – is something that we've seen in the Italian press over the last week or two. And especially now that it's going to be an international, yes. <laughs> especially now that it's going to be an international break, that's going to gain even more steam. Obviously Allegri is going to need, you would think another central midfielder. And as much as there are a couple of talented youngsters in Serie B on Juventus books, there's also Ravella, which, you know, do you weigh the need compared to the need for him to get playing time? So I don't know. I mean, it would definitely be interesting to see him come back in January just because there's no real natural backup to Locatelli. And, I mean, I worry now more than ever that he's just going to get run into the ground with how much he's played already this season. So there there are a lot of, obviously, as we know, there are a lot of questions on this roster. And now we're starting to think, okay, January transfer window is – less than two months away what could be done and we'll get to that in our twitter questions in a few minutes but uh, beforehand i just want to kind of steer things into the direction of since we are in november and since we are in an international break where do we feel like this team is at outside of where it currently stands in the standings well um i think so i think last time i checked we were i believe four points four or five points off uh off fourth place um let me just double check four. to confirm that yeah four points indeed four. uh four points of atalanta um so roma have uh as roma have uh, well, uh entertainingly uh dipped in form <laughs> so that's uh you know i think that's the most diplomatic way i saw something today trucks that says uh you know one of those stats where they compare the the new manager to the guy he replaced that uh, Mourinho has, what is it, four or five points less than what Paulo Fonseca had last season, which, I mean, you, you think <laughs> you think about how under fire he was. Well, yeah. here comes Mourinho starting so hot and now just. Yeah. <clears throat> yep, yep, exactly. But, I mean, hey, who knows? Mourinho, uh, he, he has a knack for the entertaining, so they might just, you know, shoot back up again. So, I mean, yeah, you know, really he had a direct competitor's there for for you know that fourth place of course are Atalanta and well and Lazio and then depending on how Roma kind of restore their form or not uh Fiorentina I mean I guess we have to assume that they won't be able to sustain this type of form for the rest of the season but then again I don't know be careful what you say but yeah so I mean you know that just means Atalanta and Lazio I mean it's gonna be real tough (laughs) real real tough battle for that spot I mean, where we are right now, you know, those two games against uh, those two consecutive losses against Sassuolo and uh, Hellas Verona, which, uh, as Sergio 
correctly described that that was probably the worst game of the season. That was really, that first half especially was really, really painful. But yeah, I mean, barring those losses, if we'd actually, you know, just, just played adequately then, uh, we would have been in fourth spot. Uh, that's great. We got six points extra and then bid on 24 points, uh, two points at Atlanta. So, yeah, I mean, it is fine margins like that that, you know, decide things like these, uh, you know, for the fourth spot, uh, race for the fourth spot just in the last two, three years has become incredibly competitive. I mean, yeah, just, you know, three, three, four teams just being really in the race for that uh, fourth spot. So, I mean, I still stand by the fact that I think at the end of the season, we will still get top four, but I'm not, I don't think we're going to crack that till, I mean, probably around a new year because we also just have, you know, really a streak of very difficult games. Uh, actually, you know, as I say that, of course, against La- against Lazio and Atalanta in the coming weeks, uh, which will be head-to-head games, which are simply must-win, must-win games. But yeah, I mean, I again, I think we'll eventually crack the top four, but yeah, I think it's still going to take some time and we have a lot of ground to make up, but obviously we are well below where we should be. I mean, that's just, yeah, I think we can all, uh, you know, admit we're, I mean, we shouldn't be eighth, eighth place. That's just, you know, frankly, I think we should be, all, all things considered, we should have been or should be uh, in fourth place. That would be just the more uh, expected uh, place to be. But uh, yeah, a lot of ground to make up. So uh, good things only match day 12. Roll in the Empoli game too, and you actually would find us in third place if we had won all three of those games that you feel we ought to have won. To me, the answer to that question is going to be a lot clearer after the break when we do have those back-to-back games against Lazio and Atalanta, the two teams that are really the direct competitors for, for that fourth spot. You know, if they go into those games and play well and get decent enough results, then I think then I think that that top four is 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 highly probable. If they end up getting stomped in those games, if they go in flat, um, you know, like I, I said in this in the in the post match thread, you know, the the CBS announcers of this game, the one guy who's like, he like the the the, the analysis man, he's like, he's Italian, and I, I feel it for him because he's Italian. And he like you can tell that he's thinking something in Italian and translating it in his head and then speaking it. So it like it's like like I feel I feel for him that that in that regard. He regarded. also so called Federico like, Chiesa Enrico Chiesa about I don't know 10, 15 times. Yeah, that's all. That's another one. <laughs> which shows his, um, which obviously shows his age. But yeah, I I definitely <laughs> I I know exactly what you're saying about his the the language because as I was watching the replay after after the fact. I kept thinking of that Allegri press conference from their American tour a couple a, a few years back, where Allegri knows exactly wants to, what he wants to say, but he's speaking in English and he can't get the words out of his mouth. And then he just looks at I would assume the PR guy from Juventus, and he just goes, "Can I say this in Italian?" And you, I assume he got the head nod. And then he just just right away he gets it in Italian. So yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's got the um, Italian trying to speak English, but he knows exactly what's the one. He, but he wants to say in Italian, but not necessarily English. There you go. Yeah, um, but he is. Uh, but what what they did they did say, you know, if they go into Fiorentina at uh, into Lazio and Atalanta the way they played against Fiorentina, are they going to hold up? And I hundred percent agree with the answer to that, which was no, <laughs> they won't. And we're going to be going into Lazio also, considering you know the South Americans are probably going to land roughly thirty six to forty eight hours before that that game, probably because. They'll have been they'll have been away. I think there are only two European games this this window, correct? I would have to double check. I think that. Italy, because I yeah, because I think Italy's only Italy's only got two qualifiers left, and I don't think they'd force them to play a friendly in this. Yes, you are correct. Yeah, Italy only have two, yeah, Italy Italy only have two games in this window. Uh, I don't know what the South American clubs ha- uh, teams have. It looks like Brazil only has two, so I will assume that the rest of the Coman Ball folks only have two. Okay. Hopefully, um, uh, hopefully, given how given how behind they are, I'm surprised that they're keeping it that way. To be honest, but you you have to take that into account. A lot of guys are going to be tired. There are fewer guys on Lazio and Atalanta that play for their national teams. Fewer. They do have some. They do have some. But 
it, it these two games and how they look, maybe not necessarily the results, but how they look coming out of these games is really going to tell you, I think, what what they look like going forward. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that those two games are just massive just because of who they are. I think they are very good, you know, a, a very good way of measuring really where this team stands. You know, if, if you want to take solace or if you want to, you know, say a couple of nice things about Juventus, that they have a, a lot of players at least. And by a lot of players, I really mean one. I, I mean Paulo Dybala. He, he is finally becoming the kind of guy that we all thought he could be. And he's been showing that this last couple of weeks. Uh, even against um, Hellas, which, you know, was a terrible game for everyone, I think. But I think he was the best player there. I think he was by far the best player in the Senate game. I think against Fiorentina, he was also, you know, just a, a top performer. And I think when you have a guy as talented as him playing well and not really, you know, because when he got hurt, I think, well, at least I was concerned that he might take a little time to kind of settle back in, to kind of find his form. And that didn't happen. He immediately went back to, to being the, the kind of guy that this team needs him to be. So I think as, as long as you have those important guys playing well, I think Kies is playing well. I think the, the, the most important players in your team, I think if they are in good form, just because of how talented they are, more good things will happen than bad things. And I, I really, really want to see that at least, individually because this team as a whole like we've said over and over again is too inconsistent but at least individually if you can get those guys to perform at that level consistently i think i think that this team is still is still really good and i think they're still going to compete first twitter questions i should say since they are about the same topic from at our rusitano do juventus look for a goal scorer or hope what they have steps up in January and from at St. Juve. What do you think about possible reinforcement targets? I mean, the only guy that you would think that would be worth it is Dusan Blavich. And I have, a, I have problems thinking he'll go in the winter window. You don't see high impact players going in the winter window very often. I mean, I, th I can think I, I remember... Fernando Torres going from Liverpool to Chelsea in one winter window. But that's really the last one that I remember that was like a big name player making a move in January. And Vlaovic for an, you know, to be making what would have to be an 80 million euro deal. You know, that's, that's apparently Camiso's floor. I don't see, I don't see him playing anywhere other than Fiorentina until next season. At which point you look and you go, well, there's not a lot else worthwhile. Maybe, maybe if Arsenal want to shed Alexandre Lacazette, you can take a flyer on him and see if if he, you know, if he can pop up some goals. But I don't see much in the way of of what we might be able to really do. And then you also have to take into account the financial situation of the club, which, you know, going into this window maybe is a little bit better now that we've had. Uh, a majority capacity for uh, at the at the Allianz Stadium for the for most of the season, but at the same time, it's still going to take a couple of years to get out of this hole that we're in. So you know we're probably going to have if we if we were to get Vlahovic, we're probably going to have to dig you know structure the deals similarly to Chiesa and similarly to Locatelli. I don't necessarily think Rocco Camiso would countenance doing that for Juventus again the, the fans would probably burn down the Artemio Franchi which would conveniently give Rocco Camiso a really nice excuse to build that new stadium he's been wanting to build for such a long time but that's yeah I mean the only avenue for a true impact improvement is Vlaovic and I just don't see him moving yeah and also um <clears throat> I think in terms of getting a uh getting summer reinforcements or sorry, summer winter reinforcements for a goal scorer. Uh, I think it would be kind of a slap in the face to uh, Caillou Georges uh, if we got like, you know, yeah, another striker. And then we just got him in, you know, just a few months ago. Uh, yeah. It would be a little bit of slap in the face, especially because he's, I mean, okay. He was injured for a bit, but basically has had no opportunity to really do 
anything. Although, I mean, you know, he's been playing like, you know, just 10, 15 minutes here and there at the end of the game. So, or at end of game. So that's pretty good. But um, on a heck yeah. of a lot earlier last on um, Saturday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, hey, you should get a shot and you should get a chance to, uh, to prove himself. And then, yeah, in terms of other areas of the pitch, I mean, we've, we're pretty good on wingers, I would think. Uh, central midfielders, uh, well, obviously, there's just the whole Ramsey thing. I mean, I think getting rid of Ramsey is, yeah, sorry, Aaron, but um, getting ready of, I always feel like I have to apologize to them. I don't know why, even though I know I, they're not listening. Why? Why do you have to yeah. do that? He's wasting I don't know. Some kind of, well, time and money. No, I think there's some kind of twisted. There's no need to apologize to him. I think there's some kind of twisted sense of me that thinks that, oh. should be sending him a bill. Like, <laughs> I just think like, oh, one day they'll listen to our podcast one day, but no, but yeah, anyway, you know, getting out rid of Aaron Ramsey, that's uh, or well, selling Aaron Ramsey is uh, obviously a priority to get say, uh, yeah, central midfield reinforcement. Uh, but again, I'm not like Sam said, I'm not really a big fan of um, of big deals during the summer of really any deals during the during the winter. I mean, I keep saying the summer. <laughs> I think I want it to be summer. You, you live in Ohio, Chuck. Well, you should know the thinking, difference Jeff. between the winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I really should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, like I said, we thinking, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just, uh, you know, took our patio furniture and all that. And, and of course, like I said, the plants and they're somewhat dying here. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah. So, you know, I'm not really a fan of uh, winter moves. I, yeah, I think. A lot of them can tend to be panic deals uh, in the winter. And then also, you know, a player won't have any preseason. They'll just jump straight in. And I, I'm, yeah, they just don't tend to be very financially uh, favorable moves either. So, yeah, I mean, I personally, I'm, I'm a fan of just not doing any deals in the winter uh, at all. So, uh, yeah. What was the last winter winter transfer for us that really like panned out you'd probably have to go all the way back to Matri, wouldn't you that's what i was thinking yeah yeah i'd have to rack my brain more on that but yeah that's that's all i can think of um yeah the second part of at saint juve's question has to do with potential contract extensions and it comes as a word that johnny johnny square's contract extension whether it's 2023 or 2024 is just about finalized. Are the potential contract extensions a good idea? I would assume he's talking about the other players who have been rumored to be in running for a contract extension. We previously extended players in similar style prematurely, e.g. Kadira, Mandzukic, Bernadeschi, Deshiglio, Rugani, Matuidi, and most were excellent servants, but it had run their course. Yeah, I I don't know. The, the thing is, I don't know how many of the players in this team really like I'm going to shed a tear if we lose them like honestly I think there's only you know I think a few key pieces that you do need to renew I think Cuadrado is amongst them I think finally hopefully we are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with Paulo Dybala's renewal that still has been rumored for months now and I think that's another guy that you have to renew outside of that Look, honestly, am I going to shed a tear if we lose Matias de Sigler for nothing? Not really. Daniel Rugani, same. I think the only guy who's probably playing himself into a contract renewal that I wouldn't have considered at the beginning of the year is Federico Bernardeschi. I think that dude has been really, really uh, an important piece of the team, which I definitely did think was a possibility earlier in the year. Uh, but he's not only playing good depth minutes, but he's playing in a lot of positions. He's doing it well. Uh, I really think that that's one guy that has definitely played himself into a contract renewal. Anybody else, honestly, like I said, like if we lose Matias de Sigler, we lose Matias de Sigler, and that's that. I mean, I'm not super, I'm not super sad about that. I think as long as you renew uh, Dybala, renew in Cuadrado, I think renew in Bernardeschi, if he continues playing like he's playing, I think that's going to be the one the one move that I would say that I wasn't really expecting but I think that that he he deserves it. I think he's he's earned that and I think he's finding kind of like a second life at the Juventus that honestly I did not see happening but props to him. I think the the biggest problem with the with the renewals that were mentioned in the in the Twitter question were 
they were ill-advised when you look at them in hindsight, Kadira, because his body was never trustworthy. I mean, he had a couple, his first two years at Juve were, were quite good in that regard, but he had broken down a lot of Real Madrid too. And Manzu, as much as I loved him, he was, you know, he was older and he worked so damn hard. I think in the, I think based on the, based on the, what, on the parameters we're seeing for Quadrado and Dybala, I mean, Dybala is still in his prime. That's not a, a problem. Quadrado, the numbers are only a year or two to, to tack on. So I'm, that, that wouldn't be a, a bad thing. And it's not exorbitant money for Quadrado. And Dybala, I think, would probably be fair money at around 8 or $10 million. I, So I don't think those would be particularly bad contracts in that regard. I say do them. Yeah, the only, uh, I guess, word of caution I always have with contract extensions for, uh, well, Guadalajara is 33 years old now, for uh, for players older than, yeah, over 30, is indeed I tend to lean on the side of giving them one-year contract extensions once they're like 32, 33, 34 uh, years old to avoid, you know, I mean, you alluded to it, Sam, but just, yeah, to avoid the situation of, yeah, just extremely highly paid player being older, being kind of past it, and then being stuck in a long-ish contract, which it is well within their right to seat out that contract and to, you know, collect their salary as they agreed upon in the contract. But um, yeah, so I, I just tend to be a little bit careful uh, or a little bit cautious with that. But yeah, Cuadrado, I mean, I think he, is, he does have, you know, a good, probably, I mean, a good two years left in it. Well, yeah, this season. And then I'd say probably, yeah next season and i imagine after next season he'll be kind of done but who knows i mean he could prove me wrong but yeah like i said i i tend to lean on the one-year contract extensions at that age but fair enough you know two years well, whatever prove him wrong johnny prove him wrong please please do <laughs> i've uh, been wrong numerous times on the 72 episodes now so yes. yeah yes and chucks will tell you when he's wrong because that apparently is a the early theme that we were able to establish today is that Chucks is a man of his word and will tell you when he's wrong. I try to. I, uh, <laughs> I try to. Uh, it works in marriage, I, uh, I hear. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you soon come, Chucks. Soon enough. Yes, yes. Hopefully, hopefully uh, next year. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will end on Chucks uh, saying that he will be honest to his soon-to-be wife. So, Andrea, if you're listening, you know that's what you have to look forward to. Uh, an the one and only. That's the one right. and only. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, thank you all for your Twitter questions. As always, you can submit it to us at Juventus Nation on Twitter. You can follow us there as well as on Facebook. Search Black and White and Red All Over. Use the same search tool, Black and White and Red All Over, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Like I said at the beginning, feel free to leave us and rate us a review if you listen on Apple Podcasts. So... For Chucks, for Sergio, and for the returning Sam Lepresti. This is Danny saying thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>